0: On September 9, 1989, at a high school party in Marshall, Arkansas, a 16-year-old girl falls backwards off a 10-inch high porch. Visibly injured, her friends transport her to the town square in search of help. It's there where she is pronounced dead. 30 years of investigation and three autopsies later, and we still don't know the truth. You're listening to the Mysterious Blues podcast. Tonight, we bring you the case of Olivia Jane Ward.
1: Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement located in the bowels of Georgia. I am your host, Arlo.
0: I thought you are going to introduce me,
1: bro. <laughs> Just waiting on you to make eye contact. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Awkward eye contact? Awkward eye contact. I got that for days, homie.
1: <laughs> and the man who makes everyone giggle, the coach. What's up, what's up, what's up? A uh, little news nugget, which by the time you hear this episode, it will already be on social media, but we're worldwide, bitches. <laughs> Say it again.
0: How do you know that?
1: We have a two ladies following us from Italy.
0: Nice.
1: And a, one from Australia. And we got them hot off the presses. Your Mysterious Brews podcast stickers. Nice. We will be posting those all to social media. And for a small nominal fee, we will send you one.
0: What's that
1: nominal fee going to be? $64,000. Won the million (laughs) dollars. No, for three bucks, we'll mail you one. You just reach out to us. We'll uh, set you up with our little PayPal address and we'll get this ball rolling. Maybe we can sell enough stickers to buy some beer. We are one week down in December, staring down 10 school days till two and a half weeks of. Bliss, holiday bliss. Yeah,
0: I mean it's it's good and all, but man, I'm I'm losing, I'm losing a student. He's aging out, man, and this is the greatest kid of all time. He's actually a Harlem Globetrotter tonight. They did an honorary thing for him. Yeah, I missed out on it. but He was up here being a Harlem Globetrotter.
1: It is pretty sad when those special kids Dude, this, go away from you because you always. You know, that's that one kid that you always count on making your when day taught,
0: better. When I taught regular ad, man, I couldn't wait for them little shits to get out of my class. Get to of my class. <laughs> Once I switched to this special education, man, these kids are
1: awesome. They are awesome. Mm-hmm. Even your regular average special ed kids that I deal with, they just they somehow weasel, weasel their way into the cracks of your heart. Yeah, man. And just like you, I want to choke them out sometimes, but at the same time... Not-
0: not this kid. This kid is amazing, and I'm probably in two weeks. I'm gonna be crying. It ain't even. Like, I ain't even gonna front.
1: Now, as Coach said in his opening, we are dealing with a crazy case.
0: When this was a uh...
1: this what? Yes, I I know where you're going. This was recommended by the same man that recommended. Billy Jean's case and I have not spoke with him but we are going to refer to him from this point forward as Walker Texas Ranger (laughs) because and who doesn't want to be Walker Texas Ranger but he he lives in Texas and he this is the second case from Arkansas that he has made us aware of and I didn't think he could get any better than Billy Jean but he did
0: yes he did even though
1: they're two separate different you know spectrums of cases, they're both just crazy. But anyway, since this case took place in nineteen eighty nine, we decided, since we can't get any Arkansas beer here in Georgia, that we would jump in the time machine and travel back to nineteen eighty three, when Coors Banquet Beer was first available in Georgia.
0: East bound and down. Load it up and chuck it. You
1: know we gonna do what they say can't be done.
0: I'm telling. There's you,
1: beer in Texarkana.
0: Uh, them boys are thirsty in Atlanta. There's beer in Texarkana. We gotta put that hammer down and give 'em hell. Listen, if you don't like that movie, it's because of you. I saw that movie because when we were coaching together, and I made the con- y'all made a reference, and I didn't get it, and y'all said, "Well, you never seen smoking a ban? I said, "No." And instead of watching damn film to prepare for the next game. <laughs> he watches smoking the Bandit. No, y'all brought Smokey in the Bandit then We sat there and watched it.
1: Because it's the greatest <laughs> movie of all time. A,
0: yeah, Diablo Sandwich. And maggots. a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I'm in a dang hurry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this case, I mean, but again, it goes to show you small town stuff. Small town, good old boy system type stuff because how this how they keep this stuff contained so well that you don't really hear about it.
1: And I'm sure that even, we can find cases like this in our like where you grew up, where I grew up, even with an ABC special, prime time. That was before they started Dateline. Prime man, time. This is well, Dateline's NBC, bro. Come on, I'm sorry. Come on, man. But prime time. I <clears throat> remember Diane Sawyer primetime live when she did a case buddy
0: well this is like 2004, 2004 2005 and but you can't find that online there's not a single youtube video about this and you know i looked every damn where there's a few articles the man that wrote the articles covered this for years but you can only find a couple of his articles I did find an LA Times article about it, but man, which sounds crazy. Like, well, one LA Times article. That's you know that's pretty widespread. But in the in the it took what fifteen years for it to become yes, national. Yes. Yes. In the world we live in, that shit should have been around the world. And the, the true crime, myster- my, 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 uh, <laughs> mystery world that we absorb ourselves into, you would think we're exposed to we would be exposed to this case over and over and over again and we, neither one of us had even heard about it
1: no we had like the
0: the case we did a few weeks ago Brandon Lawson that is top 5 missing most person, researched cases most researched missing person cases hundreds of youtube videos
1: and both. i feel like janie's case as well as billy's case Deserve just as much attention because yeah. it, there's so much mystery surrounding the how they died. Not necessarily that they are yeah. they went missing. Of course, yeah. But
0: you know, Billy, as we covered, somewhat controversially, she uh, she was the type of person that could possibly make enemies. But it's a mystery who exactly did it. Janie here
1: is a 16 year it's old. A
0: 16 year old not popular but not hated teenage girl just going to high school, goes to a high school party and suddenly she's dead. And from what it looks like for all intents and purposes, it looks like an accident, just a freak accident. She falls backwards what for if just to show our age The way we would describe it is a nesty plunge. That's right. She just, she goes from her feet, she's on a, a 10 inch high porch, just a regular one step porch like a, like a cabin would have. She just, she's standing there for one second, next second she goes straight back from her feet to her back and that's it. She's there, she's gasping for air, she's hurt, visibly hurt. Or so we think. Yeah. What would appear that she is very hurt. Um, and then... A party goer is going to throw a beer
1: on her face to try to revive her? And uh, any of our listeners that grew up late 80s, early 90s, even early 2000s, a high school party, there's people passing out left and right. Now, granted, there's not many people falling off porches left and right. But... If you pass out, you're getting stuff thrown on you to see if you'll wake up. I'm not excusing their behavior at all. Someone should have checked on Janie. The problem... I guess we should... Let's just start with the party Mm -hmm. and the facts. So the facts are this. There's a high school party outside of town. Just happens to be Janie's cousin who owns the cabin that they're all going to party at. A... Older person, as we would refer in our high school age, the beer man, hmm. his name is Gary Don Snow. So he gets two kegs and a bunch of liquor, and he's going to make, they call it PGA punch. Pure but we,
0: grain alcohol punch, but from you part, that's that's an Arkansas term. Because if you're from this part of the, the it's country. It's called hunch punch. That is hunch punch. And Good punch. Lord Yes You won't talk about a hang
1: over It will hair lip the Pope. Yeah they get <laughs> if that ain't country <laughs> I'll, I'll kiss, kiss your, your ass, ass. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Like this Everclear or Golden Grain are the only two um the only two brands you can buy ninety five percent alcohol one hundred ninety proof or ninety five percent alcohol And just the little sidebars we're famous for, but the first time and I very much emphasize the first time I got caught drinking on campus my first two years of college. <laughs> Cause there was a it was a no alcohol on campus policy. None. What? Well we went to a party and drinking hunch punch and somebody had a little left over. They didn't put the whole bottle in there. And so me being the big man, I grabbed that bottle and I took it with me. Fast forward about an hour I'm hammered drunk in the quad, in the middle of the quad, just a big field where all the buildings surround it. And I have a stick lit on fire and with two of my wrestling buddies and we're I'm taking a big old swig and I'm blowing a big old fireball just
1: (laughs) I would give a hundred dollars right now to go back and see that. And the
0: next thing I know, this big old bear hand puts his paw on my shoulder, and I'm like, I look back around my left shoulder. It's the freaking RA of the like the the head of housing. <laughs> like, like not the head of my building, the head of the, no, the entire of housing campus. Campus, and I'm just like. <laughs> Hey, man. Watch this. <laughs> Watch this. They just they sound cool. She's out, man. Like. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go over well. Um, When that happens at one o'clock in the morning and you are hammered and he decides to call your wrestling coach to let him oh, know.
1: That's not good. And your
0: wrestling coach decides that the best Course of action is to punish run you at 545 that morning.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, that was not a good day. No. So but hunch punch.
1: For those of you that's never had it, don't know what we're talking about, or it's called something else, basically you take pure grain alcohol mm-hmm. and you find your favorite punch flavor.
0: Typically Hawaiian punch. Yes.
1: Typically the he big lord the big punch. the big can that you took the can opener yeah. and opened up. Oh, that's showing your age, yeah. brother,
0: because that comes in a big jug.
1: Jug now, yeah. <laughs> we would put two of them punch in, in a can. can. <laughs> we would put two of them in a punch bowl, throw a whole bottle of, like you said, golden grain in there, and then we would cut up oranges, apples, and we would float grapes.
0: Yeah, for no reason. For whatsoever. no
1: reason at all. Yeah. And we all know that if you've been around this, every high school party that had Hunch Punch, there's always somebody, guy or girl, that's never drank before that thinks, I'm just going to eat the fruit out of the punch, that way I won't look like a puss Mm -hmm. because I'm not drinking. What they don't understand is the fruit sucks up that their alcohol. Well, that's true, but. This case at
0: this particular party.
1: Yeah, this son of a bitch goes beyond reasonable thinking. And he takes fruit, orange slices, cuts them up, and soaks them Overn- not in Everclear. Overnight. 24 hours, but isopropyl alcohol. Also known as rubbing alcohol. That- what, what the
0: fuck? That's the first what the fuck. Okay, well, you're 16. You're definitely stupid, as is every 16-year-old on this planet.
1: But who the fuck thinks to put <laughs> rubbing alcohol on fruit?
0: Well, have you smelled it? Yeah, it smells like shit. No, it smells strong, and because it is. So you just think I'm going to kick this party into overdrive. But, so yeah. So there's Hunch Punch there, or
1: PGA. Um and everyone's consuming it and they're drinking the beer from the kegs and it's Mm -hmm. just your typical late 80s early 90s high school I mean well I mean you don't even have to put a time frame on it it's any high school party any high school small town party yeah And take out the social media aspect. There's no cell phones. There's no nothing. So you don't have to worry about somebody snapping a picture and it going viral. These are just kids out there.
0: This has been planned. Like, people don't... Like, you probably found out about this on Monday. Hey, man, we're having a party Friday. You're not just spur of the moment. No,
1: this was planned. Yeah, this is a planned thing. Now, this is such a rural area, they still had party lines. And for those of you that didn't know what a party line is, basically, the phone company... Would have one line, and if you picked it up and heard someone talking, that meant your phone line was being used and you'd have to wait. That's crazy. (laughs) That is beyond
0: our small town. Yes. We live and we grew up in
1: small town Georgia. And I remember as a small, small child, I couldn't have been more than four, that at that time you could take your phone receiver, dial your number and it would ring the other phones in the house yeah that
0: was awesome i used to do that all the time yeah
1: and my parents would always tell me that just a few years before that they could pick up the line and the name they could hear one of the neighbors talking but you as the person talking could also hear the click so i tell so that story like, to tell this story get
0: off my damn phone
1: yeah <laughs> so the party line has now been defined for our listeners So at some point during the party, someone picks up the phone to either call someone that's not there or to see if someone's coming. And they hear the neighbor to this cabin on the phone with the police. And they're saying they're being too loud. It's too late for them to be hooping and hollering. There's a ton of cars and trucks going up this little bitty dirt road. And so all it takes is for that one three-letter word to be uttered. Cop. And as soon as that happens at a high school party, all hell breaks loose. It's over. There are people running over people. There's people pouring beers out. Here's the
0: thing is this party is getting broke up at dusk.
1: So this party didn't even get started. Didn't
0: even get started. Like it's, it ain't even dark yet.
1: No, and Gary Don would try to take one of the kegs back that hadn't even been tapped that's how early it got so it's at this time when people are running around Gary Don Billy Harris who is the high school quarterback and Sarah who is a cheerleader who just so happens to be the district judge's daughter figure out that Janie has not moved. And these three are the only three at the party to have seen, or supposedly have seen, Janie fall off the porch. So they try to load her in the front of the truck. And I apologize, but in my notes, I don't know if it was Gary Don's truck or if it was Jay's truck. But they try to load her in the front cab of the truck. And she is basically dead weight, limp, ragdoll. They cannot get her in there. And from what I can gather, there was three or four boys trying to get her in the truck. They can't get her in there, so they put her in the back of the truck. So they say that she was breathing, but it it was more of a gasp that they would hear every once in a while. So instead of calling the ambulance service, they decide... To just haul ass into town and take her to the ambulance service, which is twenty minutes from the party.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the situation is such at such a. You really have to understand the small town. Like they take her to the the town square to get help. That's where the ambulance service is. I mean, there's not even a hospital in this town. They have an ambulance service that's going to transport them to the hospital. The place that they're at, of course, they have the party line, but there's no there's no cell phones, there's no power at the at the cabin, there's nothing. All there is is that party line. So if it's being used, and they think a cop's coming, they're getting the hell out of Dodge, and they're... It's going to be called into question exactly what they did once they left,
1: but, in my opinion, they really don't have a choice. No, and it's that when they're trying to leave, some dumbass... Just gasses it and runs off and blocks one way out. Yes. You can turn left or you can turn right. If you turn right, it's going to be a much harder drive on your vehicle. you yeah. got to actually cross the creek mm-hmm. that's next to the cabin. It's basically
0: like a huge um, horseshoe horseshoe road. Like yeah. the, There's a horseshoe, and then you turn right. If you're going on the horseshoe, you turn right to get to the cabin. And then when you're coming out, you turn left. It's like an eighth of a mile to the main road. You turn right six miles to the main
1: road and so it will like you said come into question but I think they prove by some witness testimony that they actually did turn left they didn't go through the creek and take the long way around they helped this idiot that run his truck off into the ditch get his truck unstuck and then they haul ass into town so they fly into Marshall Arkansas like Coach said To the town square. Well, they pull into the bank parking lot. Well, this parking lot is directly across the street from the ambulance service. But. It also has. Keep in mind, it's also close to a a car car wash. wash. Which will come into play a little bit later. Yes. And another oddity is... They pull into the bank parking lot. They don't pull into the parking lot of the ambulance service. No, they do not. They actually send some girl. I do not think it was Sarah, but it may have been. Was it Kim? Yeah, it may have been Kim. Kim. They may send Kim Woody across the street to the ambulance service to get the, I guess they would be local paramedics, to come over. And so the paramedics come over, and they tell them that there are... You know, that this young lady has, you know, fallen off the porch. She's in the back of the truck. We don't know what's going on. And it's at this time the paramedics come over. It's actually a husband and wife team. But the wife feels of Janie's neck. She does not feel anything out of the ordinary. There's no, you know, bumps. There's no swelling. Nothing. She does state that Janie is wet she has sand in her hair and when they pull up her shirt to see if she's had any i guess internal injuries when they're feeling her stomach there are gravel in the waistband of her pants and she makes a note of that and they with it, actually in 1989 it, i think this was a huge thing one of either her husband or her actually zip-tie or tie bags around her hands to preserve something. No, the, the the paramedics did that. I know, that's what I'm saying. I thought you said her parents. No, I said the paramedics.
0: I wasn't listening. You dumbass. Well, when we review it and you say parents, I'm going to kick your ass.
1: No, we ain't going to do Anyway. It.
0: <laughs> but um, it's interesting to note that the paramedics um are going to document that she was wet and damp and on everywhere in her body except her crotch area it is dry it's going to be reported that she actually soiled herself at the party
1: yes and it and there's two different there's two different stories out there one is there well there was a couple of people that said she soiled herself and then there was a like, i want to say one person that said they thought that she may have urinated on herself Getting back to the paramedics, it's at some time, and I could not find in my research or my notes, how she winds up at the coroner's office. But basically, her cousin, who owns the cabin, does he tell him, or does the state trooper tell him? What? That she's dead. I'm not
0: exactly sure, but I do know that the coroner is going to say something very odd to right. them. And he, this is a 16-year-old girl who was pronounced dead. And the coroner is just simply going to ask them. Which
1: funeral home do you hey, want? Hey, which funeral home do you want to use? And the dad says, uh, I want an autopsy.
0: Yeah. I don't care if I die before 80. Let's find out how. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I personally think, and this is very morbid and very, think what you want, but honest to God, I think if you die before 60, it should be a legal requirement for them to put your cause of death in the obituary. (laughs) Because I want to know. Like, I don't want to hear that so and so died at 44. Went to be with the Lord. Went to be with the Lord peacefully at his home.
1: No, I want to know Why he was he free basing cocaine.
0: Yeah, naked. exactly. Yeah. 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 He went home to be with the Lord because he owed on crack cocaine butt naked. in a, in. A, As Richard Pryor said, I don't know what happened, but I know my head was on fire and I was naked running down the street. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's more. I know that's more rude. But. Knowing what I know, and the fact that we're all going to face that sometime, if especially if I see somebody my age. Somebody 38 years old died. You tell me how. <laughs> like, I don't, don't let me speculate on that, because I will drive myself crazy. But yeah, he just says, uh, very strangely, he just says, hey, what funeral home do you want to use? He doesn't, to me, that's just something very odd for a
1: coroner to say, but, now, one we thing that you have to understand, and this is just a small sidebar, in the United States yeah, of America, okay, that's what I was in 2019, all you have to do to be a coroner, in most places, is be above the age of 18. And have a high school diploma. That's it. Some
0: places you don't even have to have a high school diploma. Um, Yeah, we, there, uh...
1: There is a coroner in the state of Arkansas that was elected at the age of 22. 22. But he's smart enough to know that he's got to keep doing, basically, education. Yeah,
0: he was smart enough to know he wasn't smart enough to do the job. Right. So he's trying to get him, himself educated to do it, which is, you know, hats off to him. Because some people wouldn't, some, a lot of people do not even do that. No.
1: And the thing is, as a coroner, they are taught that every death is a homicide until ruled otherwise and that is across the board even if they show up to granny's trailer and nobody's seen granny in six days and she's still sitting in her recliner dead as a doornail they have to rule out that it was homicide they start with homicide and start working from that Mm -hmm. to determine a cause of death for this coroner and from what i can gather this coroner i think had been the Corner of the county, I want to say for like 22 years, 24 years. And whoever, I cannot remember, and I don't have it in my notes, but whoever told the family drove them, which they thought they were driving them, to the coroner's office. Mm -hmm. They drove them to the sheriff's office. And in the back of the sheriff's Mm -hmm. office is where Janie Ward's dad, Ron Ward, Sees his daughter. And he states that when he sees her, she has on a white pinstripe shirt, pants, and her hair is wet and has sand in it. Mm -hmm. He also states that... It's very fine sand. Yes. He also states that there are bruising, or bruises... Located on her face. And then it's at that time that the coroner asked, which funeral home do you want? And he says, I want an autopsy. Now, they do, someone does interview the coroner and he, I don't know if this is trying to say face or if Mr. Ward was in shock and didn't hear it, but supposedly he had already issued the order to have an autopsy done. And that's what he states. And I'm not taking away, I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious in those two stories. I'm saying that as a parent, you walk into a room and there's your 16-year-old daughter passed away, you may not hear everything. It may have been, Mr. Ward, we, and I think they knew each other, so it may have went along the lines of, Ron, we are going to conduct an autopsy but we need to know after that's over with which funeral home do you want. hmm And I don't care who you are. I don't care how seasoned you are. I don't care if you served in Vietnam, World War Two, whatever. If your child is laying on a slab, you're not going to hear everything that's coming out of the man's no, mouth.
0: No, definitely not. I mean, you're going to be in like,
1: you're going to straight up be in shock. Yes. Like, and he could have only caught the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, that's a little pinprick into the big balloon that we are trying to well, show you It
0: is. i mean of course you hear this if if you the father hears the story of what supposedly happened she fell off a 10 inch porch and yeah she hit her back she flat backed. she flat backed. uh but that is a strange way that's a freak accident if that kills her Following the way she did is certainly going to hurt. It's going to leave a mark, and be very painful. But for it to be fatal is a freak accident. Yes. Listen, I, and even if she, oh, she was drunk, she didn't brace herself, blah 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 blah. If she's drunk, there's even a better chance she's going to be okay. Because I promise you, I promise you, my dumbass has failed or jumped off several things that that should not have killed me. One in particular, my friends, being the dumbasses they were and the loving, caring friends that they were when I was 21, Well, that's why they're friends, buddy. Because they look out for you. uh, But I would never do that. Knew that that I was good and drunk, (laughs) and I mean good and drunk, and my dumbass decides I'm going to jump off this here balcony onto the ground. What do my friends do? Do Hell it, do yeah, it. man! Do it, do it! And I take a literal swan dive off a second-floor balcony, and I belly flop on the ground. It was grass, I'll give you that, and it was damp. So it may give a little. It may give a little, but I'm talking. I'm. I was just out of. I just got done wrestling in college, and I was a heavyweight, but I wasn't as heavy as I am now. I was definitely lighter than the heaviest I got. But I was probably about two sixty, 260, two hundred sixty-five pound man. F- belly flops onto the ground and don't have a scratch, not a scratch, not even, not even a bruise. That I can recall. Not a bruise. Not, not that I recall. Well, I mean, I would remember the next day. Surely I would wake up and it'd be a big chest bruise. I didn't. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. I was perfectly fine.
1: Well, we convinced a buddy of mine who happened to. Um, only have nine toes to he was so blistered we convinced him he couldn't hop on his bad foot which means he only has four toes and part of his heel missing on that foot he couldn't hop on that foot a hundred times guess how many he got before he just crumpled like a box of rocks two one. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, friends are great to have around when you're drunk. <laughs> what I'm saying is,
0: like we're all like I have, Yeah, uh, dude. I fell down a flight of concrete stairs drunk as hell. I fell downstairs sober. I have fell a bunch of times. And but for that kind of fall to kill you, if that's truly what happened, is one of the freakest accidents I can think of. So, of course, Ron, her father, is going to want an autopsy. And, of course, he's going to have his suspicions. Because who the hell wouldn't? Right.
1: You know what I mean? And later into this 30-year-old mystery, an actual anchorman for the... One of the local news stations near And we'll post a link to the the
0: article. It'll be a news article, but it also has the video embedded in it.
1: And you can see he actually does the same fall off the actual porch of this cabin. And he states that it's not just a 10-inch fall. That basically you are falling from the top of your head to the ground. So she's probably falling... If she was five foot five, she's probably fallen a good six feet. Six, six and a half, six feet, six and a half feet. But still, no, no, no. I'm not saying that it's it's not it's going to be fatal. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that a lot. Of, there was a lot of emphasis put on the fact that it was just a ten inch step. Yes, it is a ten inch step, but she wasn't balled up and just rolled off of it. One thing that I questioned and no one really touched on was the fact: was there anything? In her way as she fell. Was there a stump? Was there rocks? Was, you know, was it uneven ground? I couldn't find that in my research. Well. Only
0: thing I could think of. That would possibly cause that. Um, her death. And when we get into the autopsy. The first autopsy. Is going to be. Is going to be found that she died. Of severe whiplash or a hyperflexion of the neck. No, he's well, that is true, a hyperflexion. Yeah. It's, it's actually, actually gonna going to be written in the in the autopsy report that it's a hyperextension, right. which is the opposite. A hyperflexion means that the bones get forced close to each other. Yes. Hyperextension the bones get further, further away. Further away, so like a most most hyperextensions are of the knee, you get it bent backwards and your bones come apart, tears all your ligaments. Hyperflexion is what happens in whiplash, which means the bones come closer together, causing so much trauma and, um, uh, abrasions, um, contusions that you actually pass away. Yes, and that, let's get back. So, what I was saying is the only way that could have happened to me is that there was a rock sticking out of the ground and it just hit on that. Right spot. Absolute yeah. perfect spot.
1: Meaning a freak accident. Yes. There are estimates as low as 20... Low 20s. And there's estimates as high as upper 30s of how many people were at this party. Let's just say, ballpark, there was 25 people there. Now, this is a party, and like any high school party, you're going to break off into little cliques and little groups of friends. Somehow, there are only three people see Janie fall off the porch. And that is Gary Don Snow, who happens to be the liquor guy. Billy Harris and Sarah Patterson, whose dad is the district judge who lives in Marshall, Arkansas. The reason I keep bringing up that he's the district judge is that is going to be one of the main theories... Later in this. Good old boys. Just some
0: good old boys. That is basically the facts
1: of the case. There was a high school party. This young lady somehow fell off a porch. No higher, you know, less than a foot high. They place her in the back of a truck. Take her to the ambulance service. Actually, they take her to the bank parking lot across from the ambulance service. And she's pronounced dead by them. And then the coroner says, yes, she Mm -hmm. has passed away. Like Coach has said several times, her father, Ron, does not take any of this at face value. No. And he asked for an autopsy. And in the great state of Arkansas, at well, that time... Well,
0: I'm going to point it out here. I don't know why, but I just really want to put, point out the fact that this at this point, not only does Ron ask for an autopsy, but Ron's going to start his own investigation that
1: lasts all the way to the day he dies. And he takes notes, and records everything. Everything. This man did his due
0: diligence. Yes. He never gave up trying to figure out what happened to his daughter. He had his suspicions when he saw his daughter before she got sent off to the crime lab. When he inspected her, ran his fingers through her hair, did all that, he came to the conclusion that his daughter was beaten to death. He says those words on tape. My daughter was beaten to death. Okay. So we have to um before we get into um the first autopsy, we have to point out the fact that when he inspe- so when he inspected her and he declared that she was beaten to death, she was wearing a white pinstripe shirt. He remembers that distinctly. That's uh And he also stated that he had to button it up because he didn't like the fact that it was unbuttoned, exposing her chest just a little. I mean, so he buttons her pinstripe shirt up, so that's noted to him. When she arrives at the the state crime lab, the debris that was noted in her undergarments, the sand... That was noted in her hair are both gone. And she is now wearing a black Def Leopard shirt. Which, that is very strange. That she's wearing a Def Leopard shirt when she had something else on. However, it is confirmed through her friend that she actually did borrow that shirt. From her. From her. And at some point... At the party she is wearing the deaf leopard shirt over over the pinstripe shirt, her pinstripe shirt. But when she arrives at the crime lab, she's when only, she's when she's at the morgue, she's only wearing the pinstripe shirt. So at the morgue she's wearing the pin, only the pinstripe shirt. At the party she's wearing the deaf leopard shirt over, over the, the pinstripe, pinstripe shirt. shirt. At the morgue she's only wearing the pinstripe shirt. And some sort of I we're not exactly. I'm not exactly sure exactly what kind of pants. What kind of pants? But at the state crime lab, she's wearing only the death leopard shirt and a pair of blue jeans. And a pair of blue jeans with two blue. marijuana joints in there, in her pocket. When they do the toxicology report, they find that there's she, no there. There's no marijuana in her system whatsoever. No. Okay. So. Brand new outfit. The debris's gone. The sand's gone. Why? Why did that happen? Why is she cleaned up? And who did it and for what purpose? I, I'm not certain about that. That is, That, Lee, that would... No wonder. He walks
1: like a duck. Quacks yeah, like a duck. There's no
0: wonder why Ron is going to be
1: extremely suspicious. He's going to be... On high alert. And he should be. I mean, if uh, in that situation, whether there was not any wrongdoing on anyone's part, mm-hmm. my child's wardrobe just changed somehow. We get into the first autopsy. And in the state of Arkansas at this time, the chief medical examiner for the entire state was a highly contested man named Fahmy Malik. Now,
0: before before we get into why he's highly contested, let's just give the findings first, okay? And why, once you hear the rest of the story, why they might want to question his findings. So he's going to state that the autopsy is going to be performed on 9-11-1989, so two days after her death he's going to determine that her cause of death is a hyperextension neck injury from a fall and like we said hyperextension is the wrong word it's a hyperflexion flexion because he describes it as extreme whiplash so that's a mistake but that is the cause of death listed on the autopsy the manner of death is undetermined so he doesn't identify if it was a homicide he doesn't identify if it was an accident he doesn't identify any 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 explanation to what may have happened from the get-go they're going to question these findings as to how accurate they are ron himself is going to go to the state crime lab he's going to have a sit down meeting with mr with dr malik and dr malik's going to walk him through his findings. Ron is going to request pictures from the autopsy. And so he's going to receive one that day and then Ms. Dr. Mike's going to mail him the rest. When the the x-rays arrive to the ward house, Ron swears that the lateral view
1: x-ray is not the same one he saw. And he would go on to state that it not only is it not the same one he saw, but it does not have the state seal. It doesn't have the state seal on it, and there's a a blob, a white blob obstructing
0: part of the spine, which I'm going to state right now that that's later found to be kind of common, so we can erase that. But let's earmark it there, and we'll come back to it, <clears throat> because we do have to address Dr. Malik. He is very controversial,
1: (laughs) to say the least. And depending on what you read, he inherits a position at the state crime lab that was riddled with corruption. And when he first takes over, like anybody, he's young, dumb, and full of what runs with dumb. (laughs) And he's going to write the ship, save the world, and everything else. Mm-hmm. But he soon realizes there's a lot more to being the chief medical examiner.
0: Yes, and he's going to, um, of the mistakes that Doctor Malik is going to make over the course of his career, and he's going to make several. One that is attributed to him is not actually his him. He actually solved this case. The first case that we're going to talk about is in 1986, a case that was ruled an accidental drowning. Dr. Malik himself is going to question that finding. They're going to re- uh, exhume that body and they're actually going to find that that person was shot in the head. And a lot of places you research will attribute that to him. They say that he performed that autopsy. He determined That it was an accidental drowning. And that's another one of his mistakes. That's not the case. But. Like Arlo said. He's young, dumb, and full of cum. And he's going to try to save the world. And right the wrongs. And right the ship. Right when he gets there. He's going to exhume a total of six bodies. Trying to figure out. If their cases were. Accurate or not. And then. The governor at the time. Bill Clinton. Is going to put a stop to that. He's going to say look. We're not going to dig up the entire state of Arkansas, right? Which, for better or for worse, he has a point. You, you can't bankrupt the state. You well, not only that, that's a good point. You can't bankrupt the state uh, doing all these investigations, but also just the moral, ethical, uh, spiritual conflicts you're going to get from the from the state, from the citizens of the state. Like you're literally just gonna dig up everybody. I mean, people can't rest. They're gonna, you're gonna have civil complaints if you keep doing that. So he's gonna put a stop to it. But over time, like you stated earlier, he's gonna realize there's a lot more to this being the state medical examiner than than meets the eye, and he's gonna make some catastrophic mistakes or some deliberate
1: cover-ups. Or a mixture of the two of the two, yes, I would or say. Or mixture of the two, but he is Fahmy is F A H M Y Malik M A L A K. He is of Egyptian descent. Like Coach said, there's there's going to be an even
0: there's even going to be a um a family group yeah that's going to form called the victims of Malik's Ignorant testimony or something yeah. like that, which not it, ignorance not the right word I can't remember it right well, I now. can't either, but it spells out vomit but the the acronyms vomit inaccurate in inaccurate, inaccurate yeah testimony. testimony yeah so victims
1: opposed to Malick. Malick's inaccurate inaccurate testimony, testimony or vomit. vomit and that ladies and gentlemen is about all you need to know about it but <laughs> with that said, there are two glaring cases the most famous case that he screws up is the boys on the track case. No, no, no. There's way more than two, brother. Well, I know there is, exactly. but.
0: He's going to he's gonna find a man. Dead. Dead. Without a head. No. <laughs> that ain't even, that's the best one. <laughs> that's the craziest one. But no, he's going to find a man. He's going to rule a man died of suicide. But he's going to be shot in the chest five, five times. times. Five times. Five. Oh, that one's kind of stunned. Five. Times, <laughs> oh, that one kind of stung.
1: I'm gonna get it on the fifth yeah. one. Yeah,
0: that one. He's gonna find that a man died of a ulcer. Yet he's gonna be found decapitated. I mean, come on.
1: And the reason that Fami says that his head's missing. <laughs> <laughs> is because his dogs Oh come on ate through the soft tissue <laughs> of his neck. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a wire hair mixed dog. He will not eat any meat that is raw. No raw chicken, no raw hamburger. I have a lab. She won't eat anything raw.
0: See, well, I'm going to poke a hole in your little theory right there, because I got a damn... I got a... Mutt that'll got, eat anything. I got a black lab and a mutt, and if I died today... They'd eat your body My to ass would be ate. <laughs> I would be nothing but bones within the next 40 hours, because them damn bastards will eat anything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: like, <laughs> except for strawberries, for some reason. But the most famous... The reason why I say incompetence mixed with crookedness is because of his most famous fuck-up and... If you know anything about true crime, if you're a fan, if you listen, I listen. If you listen to Reddit like an idiot, hmm. if you read Reddit, if or you listen watch, to True Crime Garage, you listen to True Crime Garage. You listen to any true crime podcast, YouTube, whatever. Eventually, you're going to come across a case called The Boys on the Tracks, and his findings are going to be monumentally stupid or calculatingly genius however you want to look at so it so Kevin Ives and uh, Don Henry are going to be found run over by a train by a train and pronounced dead during the autopsy it's going to be shown he he's going to state that the only possible explanation was that these two boys smoked between 20 and 30 marijuana cigarettes and simply laid down
1: in, across the tracks. We're in
0: a trance or a coma, laid down across the tracks, and were too stoned to get up when the train was coming, and they were run over. Now, if you've ever smoked marijuana cigarettes or the left-handers, you know for a fact that that's a load of bullshit, because there's only a certain level of high you can get, whether you smoke two or twenty-two. Yeah, if Once you get past, once you get to that point, anything you do after that, you're just wasting your money. And two teenage boys don't have the fucking money, even in the 80s. To to smoke 40-something cigarettes between the two of them. To have have 30 marijuana joints. It just ain't going to happen. So, they're going to end up doing a second autopsy. And they're going to show them that Don Henry was stabbed... While Kevin Ives was skull... Skull was crushed. Probably by his own rifle. Yes. And that's gonna... Both deaths are gonna be ruled a homicide. Which we're not gonna get into because I don't want to get killed by the CIA. So...
1: Yeah. (laughs) If you... There's a whole crazy ass conspiracy theory with a little bitty airstrip in Mena, Arkansas. Is all we're gonna say. Mm-hmm. And if you if that scratches your fancy, itch it. Yeah, just 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 Google, Google the shit Google out of
0: Google it. Google boys on the tracks or the Donives.
1: I mean the Kevin. Ives just Don the damn Henry Google Mena, Arkansas. There's Fort. It's like a spider web coming out of Mena. I ain't going. No, <laughs> steering clear. So.
0: Okay, getting, getting away from him, getting back to the, the original case. That's just a little bit of information into a... That's just a tiny little dip into a huge ocean of bullshit... That surrounds ...around Fami. Fami Yes. And it gets to the highest levels. It, you can go... Elephant shit. Yeah, I mean... Be it people being of a certain political uh, affiliation... Will definitely key into. Oh, it's Clinton body counts. Clinton body count. No, I don't f- personally believe in that. I think he's
1: just a damn idiot.
0: But I personally think he is an idiot, and he may have done some 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 backdoor dealings with people. It can be both.
1: Now, with that said, so getting back getting yes. back on track. With that said, Ron tape records. Everything. Yeah. And he tape records his meeting with Fami. And Fami, to hear him speak to Ron, makes him more human. Because I had yeah. this pre-determined yeah. position on Fami. But Fami tells Ron, "We need to be more human. We need to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. We can't be so quick to just say this was accidental." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's hard. You don't want to jump to conclusions. I th- and Fahmy is correct about that.
1: Yes. because And so he said that in the tape recording with Ron that he just could not say one way or the other. And that he put undetermined as the cause of death because he truly did not know. So in his findings, he states that it's a hyperextension of her neck resulting in her death. It is unknown how that occurred. But, he does show Ron that her spinal cord was torn. Mm-hmm. Torn. Torn. Yes, that is a violent,
0: violent act.
1: That is not a case of whiplash.
0: Well, it could be, but again, it would still have to be an extremely violent case. Like, I mean, an extreme Like we like you said, extreme whiplash.
1: Yes. It's possible, unlikely. Highly unlikely. unlikely. He does not do a full toxicology report, but at the time, this is not necessarily his fault. It is just a basic let's see what was in her system. He states that her stomach contents was of a meal that had tomato. Particles. Particles. And it was about 10 ounces total. Yes.
0: Not much uh, liquid, just 10, ounce, 10 ounces of liquid and identifiable tomato particles, according to him.
1: According to Mr. Malik. Which we all know is not the best. No. If he told you the sky was blue, you better go outside and check. <laughs> there is a human aspect to Fahmy. He, in the recordings, shows Ron a picture. Ron asks, can I have this? Fahmy kind of hesitates and says mm, okay yeah sure ron is getting the run around from the local authorities because he can't get answers to some questions that he feels like is not going to jeopardize the case and he is in constant contact with the Arkansas State Police Officer, or investigator, William Beach. Mm-hmm. And in the recordings, Mr. Beach is extremely, I feel like, and I you know, I have no sway one way or the other, I feel like that investigator Beach is extremely patient with Ron. Mm-hmm. And he tries to explain to Ron a couple of times that he's doing the best he can. Okay. That's uh, true. Ron is expressing his disdain for the investigation going on. So that's why he travels to Little Rock. He meets with Dr. Malick. He asks for the full autopsy. Dr. Malik says, here are my findings, undetermined.
0: Well, the... Yeah. The reason why uh, Ron goes to the state medical examiners himself is because when he requested the autopsy, he only received a couple pages.
1: Yeah, I think it was the first two pages. The first two
0: pages. So he goes and he actually receives all of it from FAMI. And it's actually going to be mailed to him.
1: Now, it's at this time that FAMI screws the pooch one last good time, and the state of Arkansas kind of says, fuck it, we're done with you. Like Coach said There is the Vomit Organization that has raised such a stink that the state of Arkansas brings in two independent pathologists to review some of FOMI's cases. They actually look into, I believe, 10 or 12, I want to say 12, something like that, yeah, And Janie's case is actually one of them. Now, these two independent pathologists state that some of the evidence to them is very concerning, like the fact that her clothes go missing, her wardrobe is changed, her body is wet, sand on her clothes and her hair. They also state definitively that Janie did not die from a neck injury.
0: Yeah, they said there is no spinal injury and then they also confirm Ron's suspicions about the X ray. Yes. He claims that the X ray one of the X rays was not the same as he was shown at at the by Fahmy himself, and they state that the the lateral X ray is in fact a man. Yes. It is a man.
1: And so Right or wrong, this just hardens Ron's resolve.
0: Now that doesn't necessarily s- confirm a conspiracy. It Doesn't necessarily confirm that there's a
1: cover-up. But it does confirm it, that Fami's a fucking idiot. It
0: does confirm that a, mis- a big mistake <laughs> has been made. And that's what you really have to understand is, from the get-go, there are going to be there's a lot of mistakes being made, and that's going to fuck up any type of explanation any explanation investigation
1: and Ron specifically actually I think it's his wife uh, Janie's mother actually specifically asked on the recording when Ron and her are talking to the two pathologists you know what about the blotted out area and they are quick to say that's not a big deal that's just her shoulder blocking her neck
0: yeah that's not an uncommon thing right
1: and then that's when they drop the bomb of but but I don't believe that's your daughter yeah and so they kind of say that, and then they kind of crawfish a little bit and say, you know, look, we're not radiologists, and what we are going over, the evidence that we were provided are actual photocopies of the actual x-rays and pictures. Mm-hmm. They do change the cause of death from neck and spinal injury to undetermined, just like the manner of death. Yes. So
0: both are now, it went from hyperextension of the neck to undetermined. They don't know.
1: And here's the biggest thing. They suggest, these two gentlemen suggest, that she died of a cardiac event or even drowning. And the problem with that is drowning, for you to die of drowning, that is to rule out every other possibility.
0: Yeah, to determine that someone has drowned, that is a, a, a... you have to exclude pretty much everything. everything else.
1: And there is a lot of things Unless that can you're mask. Unless you found
0: in water. <laughs> yeah. Bloated. <laughs> with uh, water in your lungs. With water in your lungs. But even then, you have to exclude almost everything else. Yeah. So, so they can't prove that. They, that's just a suspicion. Well, this is something we don't usually do. We're going to jump way forward in time and then go back. Because Ron does not believe this at all. No. And he's going to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it and keep at it until finally, 15 years later, they're going to go through a website be called the Chil- uh, Parents of Murdered Children. And there's a section on that that has a thing where you can say, we don't think this case is right. Let's look at it. And there's people that volunteer their time and effort. There's
1: lawyers, pathologists, yeah, you know, doctors, anything, police officers, former FBI agents, they all... You know, pro bono, just say, hey, we'll take a look at this. Okay. So,
0: a Dr. Bunnell is going to step up and volunteer to do an autopsy in 2004. This
1: is... October the 8th, 2004.
0: 15 years. She's been in the ground for 15 years.
1: And Dr. Bunnell is not just some Joe Schmo and Bumblebutt montana that says san diego yeah and he's worked on high profile cases such mm-hmm. as the green river killer as well as the challenger space shuttle disaster yeah and that's a whole nother can still of worms.
0: brings back horrible
1: memories because yes. i watched that one live
0: yeah i did too that's the thing people kids today don't understand about how important those things were they stopped school in its tracks in it Everybody in the school got to watch those space shuttle launches.
1: Until that and one. I was in
0: kindergarten.
1: After that one, we didn't watch no mm-hmm. more. We sure didn't, man. Dr. Brunell states that he's going to perform this autopsy pro bono. He's not going to charge Mm-mm. Ron and his wife anything. So
0: he's going to agree in principle with, with Dr. Malik that it was a neck injury. Completely disagreeing with the two pathologists that um, reviewed the case. But he's going much further. He says that not only does she have severe neck injury, but she has blunt force trauma to the face.
1: And that is why she has this significant neck injury. Yes. And he states that there's actually a fracture to her spinal cord and significant bruising to the face. And he states that the death is blunt force trauma to the face and the manner of death is homicide. And this is going to confirm this is going to be proof
0: positive for Ron that that his daughter was murdered. Everything that he's been investigating for the past 15 years was right. His daughter was murdered
1: and it was a giant... Cover-up. Cover-up. And to further that resolve is the fact that when Dr. Burnell arrived in Arkansas, the state said that he could not use the state crime lab to do this second autopsy, that he would have to find somewhere else to perform this. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: what is this big cover-up? Let's go back. Let's go back to the night of.
1: So if we go back to the night of, according to the cover-up slash Burnell's findings, ron's theories it goes along these lines janie had stated before the party a week or two before the party that she was having some problems with some cheerleaders now like coach said she was not in the popular crowd but she was not in the low life crowd
0: she was definitely the type of person to a teacher unfortunately that would be described as forgettable
1: she is a ghost she's a ghost She does what she's supposed to. She does what she's
0: supposed to. She doesn't get in trouble.
1: She doesn't make all A's. She doesn't make C's. She's right there. She's a B student. Keeps her mouth shut. Does her work.
0: And unfortunately, when you have 140
1: kids a semester. You remember the real good ones. And and the real bad ones. And the ones that got a hell of a personality.
0: Heck, you almost don't even remember the good
1: ones. No, you don't. You (laughs) always remember the bad ones. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So with that stated. It is hypothesized, and rumors abound, that Janie was trying to get with one of the cheerleader's boyfriends. The cheerleader in question is none other than Sarah Patterson, who is Judge Patterson's daughter, the district judge for that area of Arkansas. Patterson finally breaks her silence with the ABC Primetime Live special, Mm -hmm. who states that she had to leave town to escape all the rumors and stares. It is hypothesized at this time that Miss Patterson hit Janie in the face with a blunt force object, either a baseball bat or some other heavy object. Now, she is heard on her interview tape at the time of Janie's death stating that Janie, when she arrives, Janie says, hey, snob, and Sarah says, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you're not going to speak. I just thought I would get your attention. Mm -hmm. And it's also the fact that they actually catch Sarah in a lie when she first interviews.
0: according According to Sarah... Jane's really intoxicated when she approaches her. That's 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 important to note. But you're right; she does lie. In her initial interview, she says she's there with friends. Turns out she was there with a guy.
1: Right? She getting a freak on. But get your freak on. I'm
0: sorry, I don't get your,
1: get your freak on.
0: Who the hell doesn't lie about stuff like that when you're yeah when you're in high school? No, and she wasn't supposed to be there with a guy. She wasn't so, supposed to be there. A well, yeah, she wasn't supposed to be there at all. And she was supposed to be a guy, so, yeah. If I'm
1: going to, like, admit to me at a party, I'm going to be there with my friends.
0: And innocent or guilty, I can see me lying in this situation. Oh, yeah. Because, first of all, at the time, especially innocent, if she's innocent, At the time, she's probably not thinking she's in a murder investigation. No, She's just like, look, I I was there. I don't want my daddy beating the shit out of me. Yeah, exactly. She's still thinking in terms of a teenager. Yeah. I don't want to get in trouble with my dad. So, of course she's going to lie.
1: Now, she does go on to state that in the ABC article, uh, it's not really an article, it's kind of a transcript of the actual... Primetime Live thing. She says that she felt like she was unfairly targeted because her dad was the judge. She said that she was in a group of people that had a lot of visibility, i.e., she was in the popular crowd, she was a little spoiled rich girl that got anything she wanted, and she also states that she did have a temper back then, and that she would fly off at the handle at the drop of a hat. She did state that she was outside when Janie fell. She fell down. We just thought she was drunk and fell down because they'd been there a while at this party. And like we had stated earlier, it's a high school party. People are passing out left and right. You have no resolve. You have no tolerance. You just drink like hell. It's at this time that rumors surround her and this supposed beef that she was trying to get with someone that Sarah was trying to get with. Yeah, and. But. Some during the
0: interview, like I believe it was Kim. I can't remember her last name. Is going to state that. That that wouldn't even be possible because they weren't in the same. St- right, yeah. Stratosphere. Like.
1: Kim says that they didn't even rotate in the same orbit.
0: Yeah, like. She states that any guy that Sarah would be interested in would not
1: be interested. Would in. not
0: be interested in Janie. Yeah. And any any guy Janie was interested in, Sarah wouldn't be interested. It's yeah. like it's stupid high school bullshit. Yeah. But
1: it's the clicks. It's clicks,
0: man. It happens. So but these this suspicion's not going to be unfounded. It's going to be brought up several times over the years in many investigations.
1: And in the primetime live it gets even Richer because a lady named Sylvia Watkins says that she witnesses a lady or a young girl hitting Janie in the face with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. And Sylvia is a little controversial to say the least.
0: Well, it's going to be hard to take her... um statement as the truth because it comes out in 2004
1: 2005 15 they, years after 15 the fact
0: years after the fact she's admitted that she was a drug runner
1: and she was bringing marijuana to the park she was
0: well, drug runners is a is a, is a is a is a she's a mule it's not the right way to say it she's not even a mule she's just a delivery girl you know, she's not running shit across the fucking um, border, Mexican border. Yeah,
1: this is nineteen eighty nine. She she's just taking it from her a dealer's to b.
0: Like, look, man, I got. I'm gonna give an ounce to these guys. I'll give you. I'll give you a dime bag if you take it for me. That's that's the level we're on right now. That ain't.
1: That ain't shit.
0: That ain't Walter. She ain't Walter White. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but <clears throat> not only that, you know, she does mar- She does the marijuana, but that. So the that, merger that's anything. not what makes her unreliable. What makes her unreliable is that she's on record during the initial investigation, and she gives a completely different story.
1: And then she gives the story to ABC News. And then she gives a third story. What's this third story? I don't the third story, she tells the gentleman that does the article all the time. So, yes, yeah, she's not very reliable. And the only thing that she says coming is the reason that she came forward in 2004 is that the fact that she was now a mother... Yeah, and she felt bad. And she felt bad. And I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just saying, why 15 years later? Why not as soon as you found out you were pregnant? Or how about, I don't know, have a fucking conscience and tell the goddamn truth. Sarah would go on to say that Sylvia's story is an absolute nasty, nasty lie. She denied, and this is Sarah, denies the fact that Janie and her fought that night. She denies hitting her with a bat or anything to do with Janie's death. She states that I can't control what people say, but it's just not true. Well, I did not do this. I did not do this to her. Well, And that is the only interview that she would ever give.
0: On record, on audio, in the podcast, we're going to recommend, highly recommend. Uh, Janie's mom is stating that not only is Sarah guilty, but they're going to have an incident where Ron runs into
1: Sarah at the grocery store. Or a hardware store or No, it's a,
0: they say on there the grocery store. Oh, is it store. a grocery they store? They say okay. the
1: grocery store, but... Which grocery store do you know sells these kind of Well,
0: items? it... It's small town. It's probably more of a general store where they got no, every, that's every damn thing. That's true. So it's 1989, middle of nowhere, Arkansas. Yeah, they're piping sunshine in. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. So there's a, the the mom goes on record because she, the Ron's no longer able to go on record. Unfortunately, he passed away already. But she states that Ron is going to run into to Sarah at this store. Sarah is buying baseball bats. And when she lays eyes upon Ron. Just lays eyes upon Ron. Her eyes get really big and she runs away. Which I am not denying. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that this is a lie. I am not. What I'm going to say is this is probably a second-hand exaggeration. Probably what happened was, is they did run into each other, and Sarah did walk away.
1: Because, what I'm
0: questioning is, did she really run away, or was she, and was she actually buying a baseball bat? Well, because you just recently beat a girl to death with a baseball bat. And you're going to buy another one? And you're one? just going to go out and buy another
1: one? Well, and the other that's thing is, mean, it is a stretch. That's well, a stretch. The other thing is, and I'm not taking Sarah's side, and I'm not trying to throw anything towards Ron saying that he's making shit up. But at the same time, it's a. I think the mother stated that this was just a couple of months after Janie died, that they run into each other. hmm You're talking about a 16, 17-year-old girl that sees the father of a girl that passed away at a party that you were at. Mm-hmm. I know... And you probably know that he's actively
0: investigating. Yes. Whether you're innocent or guilty, you're probably going to want to avoid it.
1: Yes. And so when you do lock eyes, oh shit, that's him. And... I'm going to walk away. And I don't know how tall Sarah is. But I'm going to (laughs) taste. Ron Ward is a a giant of a man.
0: big man. Big John. Yes. Like he could probably move a Volkswagen yes
1: if he wanted to in the article in that prime... we we're going yeah in the article that we we're going to po- post in the video they show him sitting down mhm he's on one knee he is as tall as his wife <laughs> on one knee on one knee yeah imagine if
0: i mean if you haven't seen happy gilmore by now <laughs> ask yourself why but imagine The gentleman in the crowd that wants to beat up Shooter McGavin. Yeah. That's the type of guy we're dealing with. Like, oh, good for you. You can count. And you can count (laughs) on me waiting for you in the parking lot. (laughs) Like, a scary man. Yes, a very... In a good... I mean, I'm not insulting the guy. No, 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 no. I'm saying a scary in a good way. Like, I would love to be that scary.
1: And the fact that he is... When you listen to... The recordings, he never raises his voice. There's no inflection. There's nothing. He's just matter of fact. It's, it, he carries this air about him that you don't want to disappointment, disappoint him or you don't want to let him down. Now, getting back to the actual case. When Primetime Live does this episode on Janie's case, the then-governor, Mike Huckabee, Requisitions a special investigation into Janie's case. And they name Mr. Tim Williamson, special prosecutor for the state of Arkansas. He is to bring new blood to Janie's investigation. And he is allotted a $10,000 budget. Newspaper outlets start covering Janie's case again. This is again around... 2004-2005. This is 15 years after the young lady had passed away. And like we had stated, there is a news reporter that does the experiment where he falls off the same porch onto a mattress to demonstrate what could have happened. This same editor... I'm sorry, not editor. This same reporter states that the ambulance call log... For the night that Janie died, went missing. The ambulance service stated that there was a break into their facility, and the only thing missing was the call log for the night that Janie passed away. And it is again going to add fuel to the fire of the conspiracy mm-hmm. that someone is trying to cover shit up. But. Several years later, mm-hmm. it is found out that it was actually a clerical error. The, the 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 she simply placed it in a different pile, behind two other call logs. But that, and she finally found it. Wait, think, call log, call log. What do they call them? Run yes, log, run log, call log. Same, you know. Sorry, that confused yeah, it's all, me. Yeah, it is. I knew is. I was
0: on the same page with you, but I was like, oh, shit, was there a call? No, it was a run log.
1: Yeah. Yes. Sorry. And it's basically just she didn't file it correctly. Yeah, it was just a f- simple clerical error. But
0: that's a, that's a good good point, a good place to point out how these things can spiral out, spiral out, of, control. out of control. It's kind of like, you know, the old game of telephone. Yeah. You hear this, you add this to it, and pretty soon everything's out of control. I know for a fact. While I was in high school, hearing things about stuff that happened. Oh, man, did you hear this? So-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. And I was like, I was fucking there.
1: And that shit didn't go down. That shit didn't go down
0: like that. Even as unreliable as eyewitness testimony is, I know for a fact that it fucking happened. Yeah. The Rock was not at your birthday party.
1: Jabroni (laughs) wasn't throwing shit left (laughs) and right. Right. Now, Special Prosecutor Mr. Tim Williamson is... To say the least, not liked by the Ward family. No.
0: And I, I'm, I, I would have, have to agree with them. Yeah. This, it, it's, it's, it's very founded. Yeah. Why they, should, they shouldn't like
1: it. No. And here's the thing. And this is where I have a problem with, and I'm sure I'll get some hate mail on this one, <laughs> but some the secular religion. Mr. Williamson meets with the Ward's. At their local church, they go in and they pray together that through him, they are going to get to the bottom of this. And that is the last time that he has any direct contact with the wards. Mm -hmm. Right or wrong, do not give your word unless you're going to back it up. If you pray with a family, you better start contacting them. Because once you cut ties with that family... Your name is Mud. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing I can say that he did on the up and up is he looks for a pathologist to do a third autopsy that has no ties to Arkansas, highly regarded in their field, to basically put an end to all the rumors. And he seeks out a pathologist from Indianapolis, Indiana named Dr. John Pless. And this will be the third and final autopsy on Janie. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pless does a CT scan of Janie's entire body, and he removes all subcutaneous skin material.
0: Let's, let's call it what it is. He, the skin. they skinned. She skinned her. her. Yes. They skinned a 17-year-old corpse. Yes. I don't know what it takes... As a human being, to do that sort of job, but I promise you, I can't. I don't want any part I, of it. I don't want anywhere near no. it. Nowhere near nowhere. I mean, whew, and yes. I'm sorry. I mean, I know that if. Well, we do know that it's possible that the family could hear this podcast. We know that now. Yes, and I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's just just that's really. I mean, 18 years, and you're gonna skin skin yes. her
1: and her mother states in the podcast that we will reference later that doing this pretty much seals the fate of any more testing. Any chance of any more testing. Yes. But, you would think that... By doing a a CT scan and by removing the skin that you are, this is it, this is cut and dry, this is the final say. Now, I will say this. I don't agree with the fact that they took every bit of skin from her body. I do not agree with that one bit. Especially when this was done. We had technology at that time. If you're doing CT scans, you could have done something else.
0: Well, they just wanted to make sure that there was no uh, li- uh, li- subcutaneous s- bruising. Yes. Yes. literature. Licor- I always say literature, and that is not the word. No. But it's just basically pooling of the blood, and that was causes to what it looks like to be bruising. bruising. Yes. But the CT scan is going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no fracture, spinal injury. Not even an injury, not a fracture, no injury at all, to the spine.
1: From the bottom of her skull to the top of her ass, there is nothing wrong with this young lady's spine. She is going to state,
0: I mean not she, he is going to state that Dr. Malik did remove a piece of the spinal cord during his autopsy, which is highly unusual. Not that it's never happened before, or it's a purposeful thing, or whatever. But, it did happen, but it's not usual. So, however, there's no fracture. So you could say, well, the spinal cord must have been torn, and he just removed, he did this, he did that. To, To have a spinal cord tear...
1: Without, there is a violent...
0: Without a fracture of a bone is pretty much not possible. At it, all. It's such a minuscule chance that you could probably just pretty much just say it's not possible. So, even though Fami did do that, that has nothing to do... Is not He's not covering up the
1: cause of death. They also stated in this CT scan that not only is her... Vertebrae not fractured. There are no fractures to her face. There's no bruising on her knuckles because in the previous one, I think Dr. Burnell's, it stated that pooling of the blood was in her wrist, like she had been bound. So, unfortunately for the family, Dr. Pless's results are not what they want to hear. No, of course not, because. They have been given this false hope by Doctor Burnell, and here's yeah. Doctor Burnell gave them,
0: Doctor Burnell confirmed every suspicion that they had, and that it basically proved to them
1: what they had thought
0: that they didn't. That the last fifteen years was for something. Right. The man dedicated his life. Even after this, even after two thousand seven he dies uh what a year ago mm hmm of c o
1: p d dies in his sleep and from what we had the day gathered he died. there are totes upon totes upon totes of recordings and notes and pictures. the case of the police
0: case report not his his research the police case report six thousand pages yes uh not to mention that like in he he would pack up all his stuff. He was so paranoid that...
1: He felt like that there was death threats to him, his family. He didn't feel like there were.
0: That's When we get into our theories, the theories that we have that we agree with are thrown into question because
1: they do receive threats. He has to pull his other son and daughter out of school. They receive threats to say... If you keep investigating this,
0: you got other two kids to worry about. If this is a simple accident, why 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 is that necessary? The podcast "Helen Gone" is the name of it. And season two, season two. We have. I'm gonna go back and listen to season one because "Helen Gone" season two is eight episodes about this case, and she does a hell of a job. She does a wonderful job, and but, when when you listen to it. If we lead you to that, and you listen to it, and you think to yourself, "Self, holy shit, this is so much better than those two dumbasses on Mysterious Bruce. She's bankrolled by radio... iHeartRadio. Yeah. That's her job. She lives in New York City. She lives in New York City. She went and spent time in the Arkansas. She interviews every person that will let her.
1: She interviews. She has not only does she (laughs) she interview. She has an assistant producer and a producer to help her. And she also has access to
0: Ron's case. She has access to uh, the police case. She has access to the the reporters' case. She has access to everything. That's her full time job. We found this a week ago, and I, we both lead very busy lives. Yes, I'm just not justifying. Our our product, I'm just saying, there's a reason hers is better. Yes. Because she's got, she's got a whole lot more time. We did this in a week.
1: And I believe and she lives less than 45 minutes from there. Because in season one, she actually lives in the town of that case. Yeah. Like,
0: she moves there. Yes. Like, she's from New York City. She lives no, in no, New York no, City. No, no, no.
1: She's actually from Arkansas. Her dad has a um, multi-million dollar home in that town, season one. And, yes, she does go to New York City, and that's where she currently lives. But even though she was born and raised in Arkansas, they view her as an outsider. Let's get back to the case. Okay. So, in Helen Gone, the video, the recording of Pless explaining to Janie's mom and dad that he felt like there was two things that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Either A, she choked on something, mm-hmm. or B, she had a cardiac arrhythmia... Yeah, some sort of... Cardiac arrest. Cardiac...
0: um anomaly. ...event. Yes. And it caused her to lose consciousness that she
1: hit the ground, or caused her to, you know... That's and what if, caused her fall. Right. And if you'll remember, the two independent pathologists that were sanctioned to review some of Malik's cases, Janie's being one of them, said... They felt like that she could have suffered a cardiac event or drowning. Mm -hmm. So now you have a third pathologist stating it could have been a cardiac event. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the conspiracy theories run rampant. Janie was exhumed 15 years later. Mm -hmm. Then she was exhumed, what, eight years after that for the third one? Uh, The
0: second one occurs 15 years after the first one. The
1: third one occurs three years after that. So, 18 years. 18 years total. Okay, so when Janie's exhumed, and this is a little morbid, so I do apologize, but when you're embalmed, your organs are placed into a bag, and they are basically set in your lap. Mm -hmm. Somehow, somewhere between all three of these autopsies... Mm -hmm her heart is no longer in that bag. Mm-hmm. So Everything there, else is. Yes. So
0: that would... I Again. Mean, why? What the... You know, who, yeah. who knows? But I do want to point out, I meant to point it out earlier, and I'm sorry, but when Dr. Bunnell uh, comes out with his findings, the state medical examiner, the chief medical examiner for the state at that time, Dr. C- uh, Kochs...
1: Blasts his ass. Blasts
0: his ass. Saying that this is unfounded... He he does not. Um, he has a lack of evidence, and he also has a lack of do- documentation, which, even though Bonell is, I think he's on the up and up. I think he did, a, did did the job he thought he could do. I'm not criticizing him, but it is odd that there's a lack of do- a documentation because he rules it a homicide. Homicide now means somebody's guilty. There's going to be another police investigation. Somebody could possibly go to jail for the rest of their life or get sentenced to death. Therefore, in most cases, they go above and beyond to document their reasons why they believe that.
1: And from what we could gather in our research, not only was there a lack of documentation, it was piss poor documented. He didn't take any notes. He didn't state why he come to these... Conclusions yeah, he just
0: came to the conclusions, which is odd, and it's probably—I mean—but he was doing it for free. That—that that is that true. Be possible. Okay, so, so just a review, real quick. First autopsy, cause of death is a hyperflexion, hyper, a hyperextension. Extension. A manner of death unknown, undetermined. The review is going to state there is no spinal injury, and that most likely uh it was a drowning or uh cardiac event. A cardiac event with the cause of death being undetermined the mode of death manner of death being undetermined 15 years after the first autopsy they're going to do a second autopsy and that one's going to be found as the manner of death severe neck injury caused by blunt force trauma with the manner of death being homicide and then three years after that there's going to be a, a third autopsy with a ct scan stating there is no injury to the spine whatsoever, cause of death undetermined, mode of death undetermined. Okay, so, no matter what the conspiracies, the, 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 the cover-up, all that, no matter what that is, with there's no injuries to the face and neck, there's no baseball Homicide. bat to the face. Now, they do receive death threats. Reporters
1: are going to receive death threats. Um, there are reporters to this day there's going to be, that will not state their name yeah, because yeah. they had received death There's AIDS.
0: going to be people, emails in the police file uh, that are going to be giving the judge heads up about what's coming down the pipe. And they even use the word investigation with quotation marks, meaning bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a... a... a facet of good old boy system in this case there is it's small town small town Arkansas but that doesn't mean that this is a huge widespread conspiracy I don't I have a lot of a lot lot of trouble buying into conspiracies in general because I'm a firm believer that three men can keep a secret if two two of them them are are dead. dead yes I agree You can't keep people from talking. And if there is a baseball bat taken to the face at a high school party.
1: Everyone there is going to know.
0: Everyone there is going to know. And everyone there is going to be talking the next day. And they do receive reports. There's rumors and this and that. Secondhand stuff. And it's not not even really second hand.
1: It's really third or fourth hand. Yeah. I heard from, I heard from. I
0: heard from, my, my cousin heard from his friend who was there. Shit like that. But my small town, if a cheerleader
1: hit a band
0: member. Hit a band member in the face with a baseball bat and killed her. That shit's
1: around the town in an hour.
0: Even without cell phones, even without the internet, that shit's going to get around. The
1: phone's ringing at one in the morning. And I'm not,
0: and I'm just, all I'm saying is this, Ron Ward did not waste his time trying to figure out what happened to his daughter.
1: He did his due diligence. He
0: did due diligence and he was very thorough. But I'm just saying that he was, may have been mistaken as the manner of death from what he saw. Correct. But that doesn't change the fact that all these weird things happened. All these weird things happened for a reason. But why was she cleaned up? Why was she in different clothes? These are fucking strange things.
1: And they need to be answered. And someone somewhere knows the answer. And the problem is they're just not dating those answers. And it would do the world... A great service, and it would put to bed a lot of these conspiracy theories if we could just get some of those answers. Yeah, and
0: we're just not ever going to
1: get them. No, we're not. After it's been 30, 30 years, years, you're not going to get them. Now, we get into the last part of this, and this is a pathologist that the Hell and Gone podcast references, mm-hmm. and I do apologize because I do not have his name. It was a she. Or, yeah, you're right. You are <clears> correct. <throat> it, it, it was a she. And if I remember correctly, I think they're from an Ivy League school up north. Um, yep, which is a contradiction in terms of oh, now all, say that again? all Ivy League schools are <laughs> up north. Um, but they, the Hell and Gone podcast and this pathologist go back and look at the PGA punch. Mm-hmm. And they hone in on the fact that Mr. Gary Don Snow soaks the fucking fruit in isopropyl alcohol. And isopropyl alcohol does
0: is... Very strong. It's going to intoxicate you very quickly. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks.
1: Yes. And like we had stated at the beginning of the podcast, there are people when Hunch Punch, PGA Punch is prevalent that think, I'll just save face by eating the fruit. Well, first of all, Hunch Punch does not need isopropyl Isopropyl
0: alcohol alcohol in it. It's already 95% ethyl alcohol. Ethanol. Ethyl alcohol. That's fucking strong. Yeah, Like, literally on the bottle, if you've never seen a bottle of Everclear, literally on the bottle, it says, do not consume this entire bottle or you will die. 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 I have taken a shot of Everclear. I've taken a shot of golden grain and I have taken a shot of some good old fashioned freaking 190 195 proof moonshine. That shit will peel the enamel off your teeth. Like you're not the same. No. Your mouth is not the same after it's consumed. When she was found on uh, at the crime scene or the the, the scene of the, the the fall. They are going to find orange peels around her
1: and it is stated by several people at the party that they did witness her eating fruit out of a cup.
0: And Sarah is going to say that she was very intoxicated when she spoke to her. When she spoke to her and when she called her a snob. Dr. Malik is going to visually identify
1: tomatoes. But visually, Hawaiian punch, orange peels are or not orange peels, oranges, orange if she is a person that chews her food consistently, that will be tomato paste type or tomato remnants. It's at least going to be red. Yes.
0: At the very least, it's going to be red.
1: Yes. And it's not going to... I have a feeling that she, as young as she is, she's going to chew her well, food and it's not going to have any pulp. Well,
0: in. They also say that her, her parents state... And her siblings state she wasn't
1: a drinker. She didn't do drugs. And in FAMI's first exa- uh, stomach contents examination and toxicology report, they find her blood alcohol is .05. Which is one shot of liquor or, or one beer. Or one beer. So, but... But here's the catch. A normal toxicology report does not scan for... Isopropyl alcohol. It doesn't come up. They no.
0: only test for ethyl alcohol. So my opinion, and yours as well, is that unfortunately, she was she got isopropyl alcohol poisoning. Poisoning,
1: yes. It can take as little as three ounces, or as much as...
0: About eight ounces if you have a really high tolerance. Right.
1: Or as little as three ounces. And she was not a drinker by her parents or her friends testimony. And so if she was eating a cup full of oranges let's just say that it it was was not a stomach yeah let's just not say it was a dixie cup let's just say it was a a true cup of oranges there is enough isopropyl alcohol that has absorbed into those oranges over a 24-hour period to get three ounces of isopropyl alcohol in isopropyl alcohol poisoning You have a discoloration of the skin. You have what mimics drowning with fluid building up on the lungs. You have gasping of air. And with the gasping of air, if she had succumbed to this alcohol poisoning and she fell off of the porch and she's gasping for air, if someone throws beer on her to... In their eyes, wake her up, and a little bit of that liquid goes into her mouth. Then her throat closes because her lungs feel like they are drowning, so they're going to cut that windpipe off. And basically, she suffocates. Terrible. Terrible. The only thing that I can say with Janie's perception. And I've never had isopropyl alcohol syndrome at all. I have passed out from ethanol. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I will say this. Once you get to that point, it's almost like a blackout drunk. You don't remember. And I pray that Janie just blacks out. And that's the end of it. That she doesn't go through... The agony of basically suffocating today, mm. And I pray that Ron, when he passes away, finds out that this was a tragic domino effect that resulted in the death of his daughter. It is a high school party, and we're just going to go right into, at this point, our theories. But it is a high school party all of a sudden cops are coming 10, 20 30 minutes before Janie has fallen off the porch people around her she can't hold her liquor they think she's drunk no one sees her drinking all hell breaks loose they think the cops are coming someone finally's like look Janie's not moved we need to get her in the back of the truck now I will say this The only thing in my theory that I cannot explain is why the fuck was she wet? Yeah. Why did she have sand in her hair? Mm Mm-hmm. Why did her clothes change? Those are my three biggest what-the-fuck moments of this whole case. Mm Mm-hmm. They may be simple answers. We just don't know. It's been 30 years. But going back to the party, it's a... It's a high school party. All hell's breaking loose. Cops are coming. We're pouring alcohol out. Everybody's running left and right. We're trying to get the fuck out of there. The judge's daughter's there. She's trying to get the fuck out of there. All of a sudden, three people are like, look, Janie's not moving. We need to get her the fuck to the hospital. Mm -hmm. They have the forethought to put her in the truck because they know that by just putting her in the truck and driving to the ambulance service, they're saving at least 30 minutes because it's a 20 to 30 minute drive for the ambulance service right or wrong they get her there unfortunately isopropyl alcohol syndrome will turn the skin a a slight blue there are people at the party that said that she was blue she was cold to the touch she Mm -hmm. was gasping for air putting her in the back of the truck did not do her any favors no absolutely not but you can't argue with a CT scan no, and that... She did not have a neck injury. No, she didn't. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away from Dr. Pless's third autopsy. And, I don't agree with taking her skin off her body at all. And, well, I don't either, but, God, but I mean, come on. After
0: 18 years, how much more information could you possibly find in a fourth autopsy? And, man, my, my, I could not possibly... My heart could not possibly go out. I couldn't possibly... Feel worse for that family. I mean, that is just a tragedy. It is a tragedy. My because heart goes out to him, and I, am so, I cannot respect uh, Ron Ward more for his determination and his. I mean, he never gave up. No, he didn't. And there's never. In a situation like this, there's not going to be closure. There's never going to
1: be a day where you're like, okay, I'm over it. No, and the victims and, of violent crime against children stated that. And I think this was a huge moment in that podcast that a lot of people overlook. The lady for that organization states, there's never closure. There's never a moment where you don't hurt. There are days that it gets easier. There's days that it gets harder. Mm -hmm. But you've lost a child. Mm -hmm. And I will say this, Ron's wife has to carry on this legacy, and I cannot express to her enough the fact that I would want to know that it was not a freak accident, that it was not just some random, somebody made a stupid-ass mistake Mm -hmm. by soaking the fruit, and my daughter passed away from this.
0: Now... Let me ask you this before we wrap things up. If that is proved beyond a shadow of a doubt, if that's what really happened, do you think he needs to be punished? The man that soaked him?
1: That's, you know, that's a catch I'm talking about right now. Right now, no. Because the amount of time has passed. I don't. And I'll stand by that. Yeah. With just the fact of, that's probably not the first time he soaked the fruit in isopropyl alcohol.
0: Mm -hmm. And it,
1: And it's probably not the first time anyone's consumed the fruit from this PGA punch. Mm -hmm. When you talk about a perfect storm, this is a case that epitomizes a perfect storm. You have a young lady, a low tolerance. Empty stomach. Empty stomach.
0: Essentially, I mean, all alcohol is poison. Let's just look at it the way yeah. it is.
1: She has basically one beer in her system. But this
0: is, isopropyl alcohol is, let's just call it twice as deadly Yeah. as, as
1: even, probably even more. Yeah, maybe three or four times as deadly. I feel like what we stated earlier, she probably thought she was doing herself a favor by just eating the fruit. And she may have really loved oranges. It may have been as innocent as that. There's oranges in this punch. I'm just going to eat the oranges. You know, I'm not going to drink. I don't like drinking. I'll just eat the fruit, and I'll be okay. And she gets her a cup, and she puts the oranges in the cup, and she's just munching on the oranges. And unfortunately, unbeknownst to her, these oranges are basically ticking time bombs. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's it's so hard to... Granted, what we do for a fucking hobby... Is looking into these type of things. where inevitably, on the very rare occasion, somebody didn't die, but on ninety most of our cases, most of the ones that we've done, most of the ones we're gonna do, most of the ones that are on our list, involve murder, death, kill. Yeah, and it's just puts it in perspective how fleeting and how fragile life truly is. It is truly. It's, and you know,
1: it, you know, as as a parent of a teenager now. I am extremely cautious. Uh, what I what I did behind my parents' back, if my parents know, they would have had a fucking heart attack. hmm But going back to the case, I feel like it was just, unfortunately, they, and there's no way to prove this at all because her heart's missing. They did not do a full... Stomach content, he just did a visual inspection of the stomach contents. I feel like she was on the low end of the tolerance spectrum for alcohol poisoning, which put her even lower on the spectrum for isopropyl alcohol poisoning. She had a cardiac event as a result of this, and unfortunately... She passes out, which causes her to fall off the porch, and she never regains consciousness. And that's what, after researching this case, the only thing that I can hold to is she basically went to sleep and doesn't remember anything else. It's, it's This is a very heavy case. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts where... They explain that there are certain cases that stick with you and you just need a moment to get away to deal with it. And I feel like this is probably our second case that I go home, I hug my son a little tighter, I hug my wife a little tighter, and I thank God that I didn't do anything stupid when I was 16 years old. Because I cannot imagine... The distraught, the, the hole in your heart that Ron felt before he passed away and that her mother feels to this day. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they are not giving up on finding out the truth in Janie's case is commendable. With that said, this is probably one of our longest podcasts and we do apologize, but we felt like this case needed this length to tell the story. As we both referenced throughout the podcast, we recommend that if you want to dive deeper and have a much better researched, highly produced podcast, Documentary, whatever you want to call it, please check out helen gone yeah, Season man. i two. could i couldn't stop listening
0: I swear I couldn't stop listening to it, and once we decided on this case, I was like, okay, this is the only other thing I listened to it man i I listened to all eight episodes two times in a row because it a I needed the research, and b it was fascinating, and it was really well done, and their interviews with the mom they play um the the recordings of the dad uh they do their record the uh, they interview the pathologist they interview everybody and it's it's really it's really good and she's done two seasons and that was season two you really don't make arlo's mistake and listen to four episodes of season one <laughs> before you realize the same name that name ain't, <laughs> the name of the girl in the case ain't coming up yeah
1: i'm like <laughs> hey bud when are uh we gonna
0: start talking about Janie i'm like Uh, they're talking about this girl named Rebecca. (laughs) So, if you want Janie, listen to season two. I've not listened to season one yet, but it's on my to-do list for next week. And we may uh, cover that case after listening to season one. True Crime Garage is covering JonBenet, so I'm actually in in the middle of that right now. So, but yeah, we both recommend the same podcast. It was amazing. I don't have anything else to recommend. No YouTube this week. We're going to take a break because don't worry about YouTube. Get in your car and put on that podcast yes it's amazing she
1: does a great job uh she's very easy to listen to it just
0: it just it just goes to show you
1: how good we could do it if it was our full-time job if somebody wants to say hey boys we're gonna give you a checkbook Mm -hmm.
0: like you make the best podcast you can i would do it i mean that she did such a good job. She did a great job. Such a good job. And just so uh, the people out there, we've made contact with one in particular family member of Billie Jean Phillips. But if anyone else happens to know that case or heard that case, we... the Helen Gone's done two seasons, both small-town Arkansas. Billie Jean Phillips, small-town Arkansas. So we... We told one of the relatives that contacted us, the one that was not angry, um, she contacted us. So we contacted her back and let her know about the Helen Gone. And then we ourselves have reached out to Helen Gone and suggested the Billie Jean Phillips case. So if you want, if you hear Helen Gone and you enjoy it, and you're also interested in more about Billie Jean, please reach out yourselves and maybe you can get done probably she's probably in the middle of season three right now so
1: she is and she states in season two that she was inundated with a lot of small town cases and I'm sure, her name is i'm sure she got some yeah. billy Jean ones her name is katherine townsend she is an actual licensed private investigator she lives in downtown new york city Sitter. 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 New York Sitter. S- New York Get Sitter. Get a rope. Get a root. <laughs> she lives in downtown New York City. uh Her Instagram account is at Love Detective, which is also tied into the actual Helen Gone podcast, which is at Helen Gone Pod. Is there
0: any underscores or anything in there? No, there's just, okay. it's all
1: one word. Okay. Cause you got to include
0: those. Yeah, she has to. a
1: little Chihuahua that she references some during the cat and during some of those podcasts. We hope that if Janie's family happens to stumble across our poor little podcast, that we did her some justice. I hope and so. Yeah, I mean from the bottom of my heart, if you do hear this, Miss Ward, I can't express.
0: We're very sorry. What yeah. We're very sorry that what happened. We're very sorry that you that Ron and you could not come to some sort of
1: conclusion that was satisfactory to you. And we definitely... And I, would, I just want to say to the mom, you have to be one of the strongest women that I have researched lately. Not only did you bury a child, but you also buried your husband. Mm-hmm. And... You do have two other children that probably keep you motivated. And I would just want to say that if I could, as a parent, live up to what you have done at 50%, I would consider myself a success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, with that said, we have no more recommendations other than the Hell and Gone podcast. Please follow at Love Detective. Instagram at Helen Gone Pod. Instagram. I'm pretty sure those are probably the same handles for Twitter, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, I believe that's that is correct. Please, if you are interested, reach out to us either through direct message, through our Facebook page, Instagram accounts, whatever. If you are interested in one of our stickers, let us know. Three dollars, we'll send it to you. And you can start repping the At Mysterious Brews podcast. Yeah, I
0: put put one on my jujitsu water bottle tonight. It's freaking amazing. I didn't even know you'd got them. So it was like a surprise to me, and I was blown away. They are small, but they're very good quality.
1: They are extremely great quality. I put one on my coffee cup at work, Mm -hmm. and everybody's like, what's that, man? I'm like, it's this podcast, dude. (laughs) With that said, Coach, you got anything? No, sir. Uh... deuces!